BFM 89.9. My name is Daryl Ong and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. In case you missed it, at the Tokyo Paralympics last year, the experienced para shuttler Chia Lekhao rose to national prominence after bagging Malaysia's first gold medal in para badminton. With the sport making its debut at the Paralympics, he also has the prestigious title of being the first player ever to win the Paralympic gold in the men's singles SU5 category. After 20 long years finding success around the globe, the 34-year-old's efforts have finally paid off on the ultimate stage and the shuttler has been going from strength to strength ever since. As of last weekend, after bagging his 11th consecutive championship at the Four Nations Para Badminton International, he is now on an excellent winning streak of 56 matches. A man is back to world number one. He joins us on the program this week, ahead of his campaign at the ASEAN Para Games in Indonesia. And we kickstarted the conversation by talking about his return to the pinnacle of the ranking, a feat that took the world number one by surprise. Yeah, because I don't really check on the world ranking before this. Yeah, so one of my friend, she actually, yeah, she's the one who messaged me. Uh, told me that hey you are you are back to world ranking number one right now. I said oh really? Okay <laughs> then I, I just go into the BWF website and check it out. So yeah, true enough. <laughs> I'm uh, world ranking number one now. Back to world number one. Um, wh- wh- when yeah. when were you last world number one? One month ago, if not mistaken, before I be I uh, back to be the world number one mm. yeah. so talk, talking being a, a little bit about Ireland like how uh, you won the singles yeah. and the doubles uh, over there tell me a little bit about your experience in Ireland okay uh, actually this uh, Ireland tournament uh, as you can see I, I, I didn't go with my coach yeah? so uh, quite worried also because uh, I don't have coach and I worried about my performance will be like nobody like assist me or uh, nobody giving me a confidence but uh, luckily I can handle it through my experience so uh, it's good lah. it's good I can I can be the champion like uh, I can think of myself like how to play against my opponent and maybe I can be an independent yeah so mm. uh, it's, it's a quite a new experience for me mm. because uh, most of my competition uh, my coach will assist me will be will be next to me. La. Mm. Yeah. So okay. this is the first time that I, I I go without my coach. So it's very new to me. Mm. And, and you did really well though. I mean, you, you backed, you backed uh, the championship. But uh, we'll talk about your coach a bit later on, the legendary uh, Dato Rashid Siddiq, right? Uh, we'll explore that a little later on. But I want to talk about another achievement that you've done, which is quite mind-blowing if you ask me. 56 matches unbeaten. Did you foresee this excellent run of form? Are you like um, like the world number one, not, not keeping track of it at all? This uh, calculation also come with one of the reporters. Um, he calculated it for me. Actually, so I didn't even know about this uh, at first. And he told me that, uh, do you know that you already like uh, 40 over matches unbeaten? Yeah, winning. I, I mean that. Then until until now, like I mean like last year, last year he started to like calculate for me uh, on the winning matches. So from there, then only I know that, oh, 
Yeah, I I I already forty over matches that I never lose before, and until now it's like fifty six matches. So yeah, yeah, fifty six. Um, I, I do you remember the last match you lost? Then must be what twenty nineteen around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty nineteen. Um, I think early of twenty nineteen. Mm. Us Malaysians, we hope you go on, maybe reach a hundred. We're hoping for that for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw the comment. Yeah. Somebody wrote there. Yeah. So I hope too. But uh, this upcoming competition in Solo will be very tough for me mm. because I will be going there without my coach as well. Yeah. So uh, and my my hardest driver is from Indonesia and yeah, home ground. It's really tough for me, like It's very uh challenge, challenging for me to mm. win. But uh, ASEAN Paragames title in Solo. Yeah, your arch rival, uh, Diva Anri Mushti, right? Uh, yeah. world number two right now in para badminton. Uh, no, no, he dropped until I think uh, until uh, number nine. Oh, number, number nine. Number two is Japanese, yeah, because mm. a lot of competition he never compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they they took it up the ranking point. Hmm. Um, Lekau, I want to take you back through your when you started, right? Growing up, you were also really, really good in table tennis, ping pong, right? <laughs> <laughs> What made you decide to go for badminton and, and get really serious in badminton and not ping pong? Okay. Uh, at first, I did discuss with my mom. My mom told me that uh, when I was young, I actually I'm quite a uh, hyperactive uh, kid, sir. So I cannot like quite read the book like more than an hours. Something like that, lah. So my mom told me that see if you play table tennis, the the size of the table tennis and the movement is like not not as much as badminton. So why not you just go for badminton? Maybe mm. can make you more tiring. Mm. Okay, so that you when you come back home, you can you can have a good rest and prepare for the next day uh, study and sports as well. So mm. my mom chose badminton for me. Mm. Yeah. So, so your mom was was literally the the person that held your hand and said, you know what, you should yeah. play badminton. We discussed this. Mm. Mm. You never. Um. So obviously, badminton one of the biggest sport in in Malaysia, right? And a lot of people play it as a hobby. But when did it started getting serious for you? Okay, when I getting serious when I was uh I think twelve, twelve or thirteen, because uh I started to like uh win the uh one of the. Uh, school competition and uh, representing school to play against uh, uh, the other district. Then from there, I win. I I got a uh, number one in KL State. Mm. I won a, a title in number uh, in KL State. So from there, my mom said that uh, my mom told me that okay, since you are very uh, in you got very interested in badminton, so maybe I will send you to a better coach or send you to. A, To be to to have a professional trainer to train, train, train you in badminton. Mm. Okay, so from there, like take it serious. Then, um, I can see a very good progress when I was a uh, teenagers. Uh, yeah, in badminton. Mm. So my mom also like uh put a lot of effort actually. Yeah, she drove me like uh after school, sent me to the uh, training center and train and uh with me in the training center there like more than. Two to three hours, something like that. Yeah, then they only send me back home. Yeah, so she's the one uh, who at the back there supported me until now. Mm, lot of lot of sacrifices on on her part and, and yours uh, as lot, well. Lot, yeah, a lot of yeah. Well, you started off number one in KL. Now you're number one in the world. <laughs> Look where we are right now. Um, Leka, who who were your sporting idols when you were growing up? Who did you look up to? Oh, okay. Uh, since I play. Um, 
badminton with uh, left-handed. Of course, uh, I will look a lot of uh, his gameplay, lah, which is Lindan. Of course, But, yeah. Uh, I will still support our our Malaysia local hero Tatuwira as well. Yeah, because uh, I can see that he he got a quite like up and down, up and down moment. Uh, so uh, when he's down, he can like build up back. He's the world number one or win several titles. So it's really tough to back to be a champion uh, like him. Mm. Yeah. So I quite salute on him. Mm, great stuff. Um, like how you became the first ever Paralympic gold medalist in Tokyo 2020. Yeah. Um, the whole nation was cheering for you and then we all watched you on your podium, you know, but bring us through, you know, first-hand experience. How was it like, you know, um, hearing the Nagaraku while you're on the podium? Uh, hearing the Nagaraku in Tokyo Paralympics is totally different hearing the Nagaraku in World Championship or Asian Paralympics. Yeah, because uh, this is my first experience also yeah. in uh, Tokyo Paralympics. Yeah, yeah uh, actually that time I... I still can't really like imagine that I won the title, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's very, very excited and I can't really sleep well for like more than uh, around three days, something like that, yeah. <laughs> After I winning, I winning the, the, the gold medal, yeah. And also, uh, when 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 the Nagaraku sang in the Tokyo podium, so I can feel that oh, the whole nation of the whole Malaysian in Malaysia, they can't come over here and support me But never mind, they can they can really like see it in the TVs, mm. and they really like cheering me. I can feel it, and mm. I really like uh, quite touching uh, at that time when I hear the Nagaraku in Tokyo Paralympic Games. That's the only memory that I feel like uh, still still keep thinking uh, mm. thinking about it uh, Like it's like uh, over excited. I I seriously I cannot sleep like three <laughs> days. I. And or even though if I, when I sleep, uh, uh, my face was like uh, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. Um, I want to talk about badminton being at the Paralympics, right? Um, you played the sport, represented the country for 20 over years. And then finally, right, in 20, I think it was announced in about 2017 that badminton will be at the Paralympics in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, what, was, what was your reaction to the news? Did it, I'm sure it spurred you on a lot more, didn't it? Yeah, at the time, I think I quite excited also, but not as excited as like winning the title in Tokyo Paralympics. So I said, okay, uh, at last I waited for this moment, like I can play in Paralympic Games yeah, in 2017. But at that time, I was thinking like, what is the first move that, first move that I want to like uh, go on before I go to like uh, Tokyo Paralympic Games? Yeah? Mm. And somehow at that time, we don't have the pandemic yet. COVID-19 don't have yet but and also I still like uh, not training under full time yet during 2017 yeah. and I am my body weight is like uh, quite obese like 90 over kilos 90? No. yeah 90 over kilos yeah. Hmm. and uh, because I'm I'm working in one corporate company yep. yeah so I didn't like go for full time training hmm. so uh As you know, like we, when we go for nine to five uh, working hours, uh, we we will like uh, have only like one hour to go for lunch. Then sitting down there in front of our lab, uh, computer and keep typing, typing, typing. Yeah. I don't know what what we are doing the time, right? So after work, after work, most of the time we go for happy hour, go for drinking some more. That's why uh, that time I don't really like control my my uh, my body. Uh. Mm. So uh, when I 
when I heard that on 2017 that para badminton will be first time playing in Tokyo Paralympic, then I started to like think of my way already. Whether you want to continue your job or you want to go for uh, Paralympic Games. Mm. And I tell myself that uh, job, I can do it after the Paralympic Games. Yeah. But this time, if I don't really get it, I got no more chance. Maybe I got no more chance or you have to wait another four years. Yeah. yeah so this is, this is what I think. I tell myself. Yeah. So I go for Paralympic Games. But before we go for, we choose Paralympic Games, I need to be like reduce my weight first. I uh, go back for full time training and prepare for myself. Mm. Yeah, in these few years, when I reach uh, 2019, year of 2019, then this pandemic come, and I heard that 2020 they they are going to like cancel the whole Paralympic. It's not even Paralympic, maybe Olympic games. Yep, yep. We don't even know. Also, mm. yeah. So that time I started to worry again. Yeah, because I I already like uh, sacrifice my job and go for full time training, but end up this time this pandemic like going to end my life like that. You know, mm. so uh, I I really like praying very hard that I say please don't uh, cancel. If you extend or you postpone, also doesn't matter la. Still okay. Last right? choice yeah. still can accept yeah? yeah yeah yeah. But please don't cancel anymore because of my age as well. Yeah, I'm thirty over years old already that time. Mm. So. Yeah, at last I flew to Tokyo. But that time also quite uh, not unsafety also, you know, because uh, we can like, uh, we can uh, attach this uh, virus at our body anytime, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, it's uh, the, the, the atmosphere is like totally is different uh, compared like other we go for other big games, you know. Mm. It's like when, when we see our good friends, we 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 will just say hi like from uh, quite a distance away with the with the people like right now you know yeah. but before this before this we will like uh, can can hug each other or even though we we just shake hands also we feel like uh, quite we, we have a very good friendship with each other like that mm. but nowadays like we, we have to like say hi from far away just to avoid this COVID nineteen. This feeling is like uh, this situation is like totally very different uh, for me yeah. in uh, during Paralympic games. That was reigning para badminton champion Shuttler Chia Lekhao, who is back to number one in the world and a man who's on a 56 match winning streak. Coming up, we talk more about his decision to leave his high-paying corporate job to focus on competitive badminton. We explore his relationship with his coach, Dato Rashid Siddiq, and the long-lasting issue of funding for Paralympians and many more. My name is Daryl Ong. This is Ba Nan. Do stick around only here on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong and this is Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. On the program today, we have been in conversation with current world number one, Shuttler Chia Lek Hao, who is the reigning Paralympic champion, a man who's on an incredible run of 11 consecutive championships and a 56-match unbeaten run. Unknown to many, the experienced shuttler nearly wanted to quit badminton entirely. He was already in a high-paying corporate job. Fast forward, it was only until 2017 where it was announced that badminton will be one of the sports making its debut at the Tokyo Paralympics that Lekhao decided to jump back headfirst into his sporting career, a decision that obviously proved to be a fruitful one. 
at the time, I don't think about this thing because uh, if you like achieve something big in uh, this Paralympic Games, yeah. I think every, everything will be returned return back to you. Yeah. Mm. Even though the income income uh, issue will be like uh, quite tough for me when I stop my my uh, my corporate job, but uh, government still support me uh, in my uh, daily meal uh, in and my uh, everyday training training session so I still can accept it at that mm, time that's great to know um, at that time also uh, around around 2017 you almost thought of quitting badminton as well right yeah. you thought uh, yeah. of leaving the sport altogether if, if badminton wasn't at the Paralympics in mm. Tokyo do you think you'd still be playing today? Um, I don't think so I don't think so. We'll be played, of course, but as a like social player, like right. uh, one week, three times, go for sweat out only, not Ayo. for not like going for competition at all. Mm, mm. So yeah, you're a Tokyo Paralympic uh, badminton champion. You will you be defending your crown in Paris 2024? I hope so. <laughs> well, depends on my condition, uh, my body condition, mm. because I'm not like uh, I, I I'm not young anymore. <laughs> yeah well during Paris I will be like 38 years old yeah I will just depend on my condition and when the times arrive I will I will I will set a target for myself understand yeah. understand is the ultimate goal now to get a second gold medal or are you just taking one it one tournament at a time yes step by step la, right now mm. the main point the main thing right now is no injuries yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have to talk about your coach now, Coach Dato Rashid Siddiq, right? A massive, massive part of your success and in your climb yeah. to the top. Um, tell us a bit about your relationship with him. You know, um, what kind of qualities does he bring to your game? My relationship with him is like a father and son actually. Yeah? Because uh, two thousand seven, my dad is not. Uh, my dad already passed away during two thousand seven. Yeah, so I lack of a father since then. Yeah, mm-hmm. so when I go competition with him or go wherever things I will like uh, sharing my my feed my feeling and he will share with me also his family family story or uh, and also my story mm. and even though uh, we go for big games or what uh, preparation for big games or big tournament then he will like guiding me and share share on his ex experience mm. yeah he, his previous experience like uh when he won a bronze medal in Olympic Games, how does he uh, he feel feel the moment or whatever things are? Yeah, so I treat him as like father and son. That's great. That's great. How about your badminton game though? Were there particular skills that you picked up that you never learned before? Yeah, of course. Uh, when I was uh, my 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 gameplay actually, uh, he taught me a lot. He That's taught great. me a lot of, of a gameplay, and I took mostly uh, one and a half year to two years to change change the gameplay. Oh. The, the game strategy yeah so he's the one who keep like nagging on me like actually <laughs> talking uh, nagging on me oh you, you must play something like this this type of gameplay this type of gameplay until until now also he will sometimes he will like remind me to like oh you need to play something like this yeah. mm, mm. I mean you were talking about the tournament you went to in Ireland and then you were about to head off to solo Indonesia without him right without your coach do you guys still yeah. Talk, you know, exchange WhatsApp messages or calls or anything like that about your tournament? Yeah, we share actually. We share and uh, he, he, he will talk to me. Mm. He will talk to me. He, he will uh, remind me like actually. He will remind me all the, all the strategy. 
Mm. So you're not completely alone la, in, in, the, in that sense. Yeah. That's great. That is great. Lekhao, something you alluded to about your age, right? You are currently peaking, right? At the age where most athletes are really, you know, starting to think of retiring, right? Um, how much is age a factor um, when it comes to you, especially when it comes to facing off younger opponents? How much? Uh, how much? I can't really tell you, but... Uh, I can share with you uh, slower than a uh, younger-ish mm. uh, athlete, like, actually. Yeah, if I like today, I play like one uh play a match like more than one hour plus. Uh, yeah, I need a better recovery. Like I need to like longer sleep or uh, a good recovery session. Mm. Yeah, so I think when the people come to thirties, uh, uh, they I think they can feel it like, the recovery. <laughs> For for every everyone, more than thirties, it will be slightly slower when, uh, if you compare on you when you are twenties. Uh, mm. So, and someone on their twenties, uh, they have a very, uh, they are still very hyper or they are still very strong and they got a very good speed and power to play against us. Yeah. So, uh, for us, we are like need to like uh, think of a very good strategy to play against them. Uh, to 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 win a point with our experience actually. Mm, that's great. Um, so you're about to head off to Solo Indonesia for the 11 ASEAN Para Games. Um, what's your target for that one? If my condition is good, definitely I will go for gold. Yeah. That's great. Uh, but then yeah. you you it's not going to be easy. It's Indonesia. It's and then not you're, going to yeah. be easy because it's their home home ground. Yeah, yeah. We're all rooting for you over here. Um, I want to talk about the lack of funding now. Um, you know, do you think since you won the gold medal that more private sponsors and even government, you know, are are they paying more attention to Paralympians these days? I can say yes. The government is paying uh a better attention on me. Mm. on me right now mm. yeah especially next year they are, uh, when the qualifying round is open for 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 Paris mm. Paralympic mm. yeah so uh, they will like send me to to, to more competition compared with, compared to this year mm. bring, bring us through you know uh, how hard the business side of things is right you know how hard is it to actually secure funding from, from sponsors when it comes to going to tournaments and stuff like that okay for us para actually is I think uh, if you compare to able athletes, I think it's really tough for us to like uh, look, look for a better funding. Yeah, even though as you can see right now, I'm in uh, world ranking number one, but my funding is not as much as uh, able body. Mm. Yeah, so I really hope that some company, some NGOs company, they will like uh, look into it and really support on our para activities. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on the next generation of national para shuttlers, the next generation after you? Hey, I think uh, they, they are they one or two uh, replacement. Uh, I, I can say that they, oh, nice. they can replace me, but they really, they really, they really need to be like, uh, working more hard. If like uh, I, I, I play uh, two hours a day, they, they must uh, train like four hours a day. Right. Yeah. I uh, pick up my levels and my experience to them, but they really need to like uh, uh, absorb it, absorb my experience, or maybe they can like uh, try to try to work it up, uh, mm. try to work it up on on uh, all the factors. Uh, yeah. mm. I hope that they really can replace on me in one day. 
That's great. Um, what are your plans after you know after you hit that hundred match streak, and then okay, you decide to call it quits after you get the second uh, Olymp- uh, Paralympic gold medal? Do you plan to go into coaching, open academy, things like that? Okay, actually, I don't really plan anything right now. Yeah, because uh, during this pandemic season, uh, this COVID nineteen really like uh uh. Damage, I can say damage a lot of people. So I don't dare to like think of my future right now. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I think of it now is uh, I will go f- until 2024 Paris Paralympic. Yeah, the uh, the the most thing that I thinking right now is uh, better not to have an injury mm. and I can sustain my training and go for competition. That's all. That's great stuff. We all hope you do as well. Yeah. Um, Good luck in Indonesia and hopefully you have your 12th consecutive title uh, in Indonesia. I hope so, yeah. If anyone listening to this now inspired by your story, do you have any advice for them? Um, my advice is um, don't give up easily, like, everyone. Yeah, I know that everyone is t- very tough right now and I also I also been through all these things before. Yeah, so I... Uh, I never give up easily and I think positively on myself. So, uh, at last I can do it here. There was Chia Lek Hao, reigning badminton para world champion, the man who's on a 56-match winning streak. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to revisit that interview with Lek Hao, do head over to our website real soon, www.bfm.my forward slash bar none for the podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can tweet us. We are at BFM Radio. My name's Daryl Ong and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, the business station.